Narayan and One. Please welcome your starting lineup, Josh Egan and Brandon Waterhouse. Okay, welcome back to Orion and One. We got a new intro playing right now. Hopefully you guys like it. That's uh, Kevin Rudolph, Let It Rock. Just throwing it back a little bit to our... Uh, our our young years, like that song came out like 10 years ago, I think. How are you doing today? Our childhood? Childhood, young years. Our young years. Young years, that's the word I was looking for, childhood. How are we doing today? Well, speaking of childhood, uh, we're going to hop right into it. And in 2024, there will be a brand new infant to the NBA arena world. The Clippers have broken ground in Inglewood for the Intuit Dome. The $1.8 billion spectacle arena has been... Uh, officially broken into with shovels of Kawhi Leonard, Steve Ballmer, and Paul George and other associates the other night and um, opened up with a nice little concert to which there was many memes came throughout it. Yeah. And I'm just wondering if you took a look at any of these uh, pre-graphics, I don't know what they call them. Uh, like the preview of the arena, they look really good. You're right. The... Uh, it's almost like AI, like it's so realistic. I forget uh, the images of the arena. However, it, uh, it it looks quite advanced technology. And I'm even seeing a, a court outside, like an outside basketball court uh, on the way in. Yeah, like whenever there's a new arena built, it always looks really, really good. Um, like we have just a jump sports here. We got the Kraken opening their new arena, the Climate, I think it's like the Climate Pledge Arena or something like that. They're using some new technology there. Obviously, you and I in school are learning about how these new arenas are trying new different things to get fans more involved. Uh, that new football arena in Las Vegas, that it, it has state-of-the-art technology, but they just hosted an event there. Uh, WWE SummerSlam was there, and a lot of the technology didn't follow through. Like, it's a cashless arena, but all the, uh, you know, the Wi-Fi was down, so nobody could pay, pay for anything. So hopefully a guy with, uh, you know, Steve Ballmer money can get his arena to work, but it looks really good right now. Um, I don't know what you thought of the, the concert by, I think it was Fitz and the Tantrums, and then you had uh, <laughs> Kawhi and uh, Paul George kind of looking on blank face. I liked it because it uh, that was a song in old NHL uh, yeah. video games, and I was I just don't think Kawhi's ever heard it before, but uh, can't tell everyone that what they taste, can't, you can't tell what everyone's taste of music is just by looking at them, but uh, you can definitely take an interest, and that wasn't as uh, Kawhi's favorite song, that's for sure. Do you think he wanted to be there or do you think it was kind of an email saying, Hey, we paid you a max contract. You're the face of our franchise. You better be there. Uh, I think all the players were there as well. I think even though it was just Paul George and Kawhi behind them were some rookies and uh, also some other players. I'm sure the whole team was there and I'm sure with what has been stirring in the media lately, it's probably not a good look if Kawhi doesn't keep showing up or something like that. Cause uh, I know a lot of reporters and news writers and, whatever that uh have been kind of putting a like a drama tag on him almost just because he doesn't talk out loud they still think he's tearing apart franchises and doing stuff behind people's back which i'm a Kawhi fan but uh, i was also happy to see him there because uh if it wasn't it would have been one of those things where it's just like oh he's not too part of the he's not like too committed to the team right now however uh although like that that video part was uh interesting where it didn't look like he wanted to be there if you saw other pictures of the night it actually looked pretty pleased of being there and he had a big rig smile on his face when he like dug up the dirt and um took some pictures and he was repping some some new uh, la clippers gear that had his 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 dunks on it 
and uh, his posters. So I think he he wanted to show off. But uh, we've seen a lot of pictures of Kawhi having some fun. I don't know if he's known that they've broken to the internet this summer, but um, especially with uh, his, his music appearance in Drake's video, he's uh, seems to be. I mean, I would hope that this is all good fun and he's focused. You know, at least it looks like he's on the right track in his rehab. So how is this new arena going to change the perception of the Clippers? Because right now they're kind of seen as the Lakers' baby brother. They share the arena. Um, that arena is the – people see it as the Lakers' arena, right? Like you don't go there to see a Clippers game. You're going there for a Lakers game usually because that's, you know, where the Lakers had the most success. The Clippers haven't seen as much success as the Lakers. Will this help the Clippers and their perception of it kind of bring in more fans? Or do you think it's going to be kind of the same old, you're still the baby brother of the Lakers? Yeah. Uh, well, right. You know, the Clippers have been in the Staples Center for their existence. Maybe not actually. They had a, an older before they when they were introduced. They had a different arena, and you know they moved over. And even when they were there, uh, it was the it was the it was the Lakers, right? They got like fifteen or seventeen championships, and, uh, stars down for you know eras of of teams. Um, however. I think since Steve Ballmer has been associated with the Clippers, he's been really, really trying and pushing. I think even he was trying to get into a, a pre, like a rink that was our arena that was already made before this. Mm -hmm. So I think he's been really trying to push the narrative that the Clippers want to be themselves as a, you know, uh, I wouldn't say a huge Clippers fan, but as a Clippers over Lakers type of guy, um, this is huge. I mean, obviously the spectacle of the arena, however, just in terms of attraction and technology facilities, like moving forward, right. For, for draftees, free agencies, yeah. player rather, and uh, other UFAs, you, uh, you want to have an attractive place to come play. And uh, for the longest time, I'm sure trying to haul guys into the, the Clippers was hard when you're selling the, uh, the Staples Center where the Lakers play and it overrains all the, the Clippers fans. So I think, you know, separating themselves from downtown LA and moving out uh, to where they're going to have the Intuit Dome has to, it has to bring uh, a difference in between the Clippers and Lakers. And it's going to hopefully create a different, I mean, moving forward, if, you know, Kawhi stays a little bit long-term and even Paul George, uh, a strong rivalry where uh, we'll see a little bit of a stronger Clippers fan base. Hopefully that's not like too drowned out by uh, just wanderers off the street that wanted to see a, a cheap game probably because uh, they couldn't catch LeBron the other night. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think it's good to always have your own home, right? You're getting rid of the roommate. Now you're moving in, you got your own place. So I think it's something that the Clippers are looking forward to and it's really going to help them, uh, you know, become, become into their own. Let's stick with the, uh, with the, LA theme here. I, I found a weird story and I'm hoping you can give me some context on it because I know it happened before, but I still don't fully understand what it is. And we won't have to stay too long on this one. But LeBron is doing a three-day chemistry camp planned for the team in Las Vegas. Now, when I hear that, all I can think about is that's a boy's trip to Las Vegas and he's just calling it a chemistry camp. Is, am I right in thinking that there? Or are they going to be doing like team building exercises and trust falls and all that stuff? Like, wh What do you think they're doing yeah. on this trip? That was recently announced, and I, that was a surprise to me because uh, I don't even know where LeBron's. I imagine it's you know Hollywood or whatever where he lives during the summer and off season or whatever. Like that, players, and that's a hotbed for NBA training and off season. That they couldn't just do something there at his house or at his facility or at Nike, Drake's places. I don't know. Everyone has courts down there. Even like UCLA, they'll just go and take a college court over. Mm -hmm. 
however, I think uh, on the honesty with uh, the narrative around LeBron needing to win championships, this is almost a complete overhaul in rosters when you consider who the Lakers are actually bringing in. So this team from last year's team, I, I think there's 10 new different players. And especially with all the trades and acquisitions, I don't know if you obviously are thinking about the, the Lakers moving forward, but they're in 10 years ago, if these players were on the same team, it wouldn't be imaginable. There's too much heat, too much persona, Carmelo, Westbrook, LeBron, AD. You're getting, uh, you're getting a lot of other, other people signing right now, which I'd actually like to look up because I'm missing all these guys. Yeah. Uh, DeAndre Jordan for fuck's sakes. Um, so I think for the Lakers, I mean, and I guess LeBron pointed himself this captain position to, um, seems like more of if getting away from the, the bright lights and the sounds of where they are. I mean, going to Las Vegas doesn't make it like you're going yeah. anywhere discreet. I'm kind of, I'm kind of concerned that there was Las Vegas. Like, I'm waiting for a, a, a chemistry camp to go to like uh, Wisconsin or like, Idaho yeah, or something like that like a fishing trip where, like yeah like, tell me tell me you're going to the Yukon or like tell me you're coming to Alberta and you're gonna go on a hunting trip or something like that like don't tell me you're going to the strip or something of Las Vegas mm -hmm. because uh you know what I imagine a chemistry camp to be is is almost like uh, I know LeBron himself would just be putting them in the gym seeing who different matchups are working with obviously like he likes to do a lot of swimming and pool work uh he'll throw his friends in the water uh, they'll do weighted work in his gym. So, you know, that's all the stuff that we'll probably see recorded. We'll see those undermine people who take the videos of, on the streets when they're like partying or uh, getting drinks rather. So, I mean, you know, it's so hard to talk about what they're going to do, right? Because you want to have the best interest in mind for the, the, the team. But, uh, you know, all these guys are huge, not only investors, but indulgers in, in the wine industry. So, you, you know, it's probably a little bit of a wine trip as well. Yeah, like they had a lot of turnover this season. I just got that roster up here and just a couple names of note. Yeah, Russell Westbrook, uh, you know, Wesley Matthews, DeAndre Jordan, you know, LeBron, obviously, Dwight Howard, Anthony Davis, Carmelo Anthony. So they're, that, that's a lot of big names. And I think like this three-day trip could be pretty good for them just to kind of build that camaraderie in the team. And when they show up on the first day at camp, it's not like they're strangers anymore. They just had a trip together. So uh, could, could be good, but I just think maybe the location isn't the best one. Yeah. Get done. Just to keep going, man, because I know there's a lot. Trevor Ariza yeah. played with Kobe Bryant back like 10 years ago. He's there. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, who's probably one of the youngest on the team. A new guy from yeah. Charlotte, Malik Monk. And uh, also a rookie that they signed right away was uh, their first draft pick. Uh, it was late, Mac McClung. And, yeah. uh, he played at Texas, so right? He, yeah. Uh, no, he transferred to oh Texas Tech. Yeah, that's the one. Oh, um, Texas Tech. Uh, and um, you know, you lost some of the guys who were there for a while. When you think about core, you thought about Kuzma. You might have thought about Harrell in last year's team, but he's gone. And then uh, they got rid of uh, another third. They, they sent three players to um, Washington. Who was the other player that they, that they lost in, to Washington? Um, <sighs> his name's on the tip of it's my okay. tongue. I don't remember yeah. right now. Um, regardless right those are some of the players that have you know you know the plays you know the system coming into a basketball team i'm looking at all these players like literally lebron Taylor, like there's only three or four guys who who know the rotations and the sets so uh you know some of this might even be playing video games if you play video games with the boys and you get the chance to you know lebron is a lot smarter than i'm sure a lot of people give him credit for he's probably looking for like you know intricacies and in people's like uh 
work habits, how they, how they, how they treat their bodies, how they wake up, eat, you know, he's a GM, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's probably watching these guys and seeing how they live uh, as much as uh, he's enjoying it himself. So uh, like I said, it's hard to be a uh, talk about the Lakers in a positive light because I, I want to see the Clippers have their year this year. And uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure if you have this, but I'm just going to throw it in real quick. Speaking yeah. of the Clippers because of Kawhi, uh, been some rumblings because uh, the Houston Rockets officially announced that they're going to part ways with John Wall this coming right. season and with Kawhi Leonard being out until definitely the, after the All-Star break, more than half the season. There's been some rumblings on my Twitter feed of John Wall coming to the Clippers, which would help uh, a spark at least to keep them in contention throughout the year, which I would personally be you know, fascinated by. However, uh, you know, I'm a big Paul George MVP candidate this year, so uh, we'll have to see how that works because we know throwing a bunch of guys together is – very questionable and it has its upside. So, uh, like I said, I want the Clippers to, that's just a, a, a little a additive on hopefully they can get John Wall and, uh, they got to replace something because, uh, Kawhi, Kawhi was on a historic playoff run last season until he got hurt. So yeah, that would be, anyway, that would let's be, move on. Tell me the next point. Yeah. Just, uh, speaking of players moving, we got a, the Ben, Ben Simmons saga continues. Um, just some background for those. Yeah, ben Simmons officially announced you, yeah, he's won't come said, to camp. Yeah, said he's never going to play another game for the 76ers. He told the team this back in August, and they haven't spoken since. The thing that stands out for me on this is he's in his second year of a five-year extension that's worth $177 million. Um, All of that money is guaranteed, so he is going to get that money. But is he going to play a game with the 76ers this year? I doubt it if he's not reporting for camp. So you've got some background on this. Why don't you tell me what the Ben Simmons problem is? Yeah, well, the Ben Simmons problem. So he won't report to camp. Uh, it just seems a very strange situation because everything seemed to be going okay last year, and it so the thing with Ben, yeah. So the thing with Ben Simmons, I mean, off the top of my head, rather, uh, after you know Doc Rivers, as soon as they got eliminated, two guys, two complete turn like cornerstones of the Philadelphia 76ers franchise almost called out Ben Simmons. And one was in an after game report interview. And that was uh, Joel Embiid. Uh, a reporter was asking him at Joel, what was at the point where you guys realized that this series and this game was out of reach for you? And I might be able to send it to you and recall it to you. Hopefully if there's a bunch of basketball fans out there that are watching, uh, there was a layup in last year's playoffs when the Philadelphia 76ers got eliminated by the Atlanta Hawks. Um, ben Simmons had the ball essentially wide open underneath the, the basket. Yeah. Looked up and passed off a wide open layup. You could uh, someone uh, zeroed in on Joel Embiid's reaction at the top of the key. He was almost putting like his LeBrons on the J.R. Smith head, and he was wondering like if if Ben Simmons was off a was off a bean or something like that. I remember. So uh, in a in a in a in a in a uh, interview after he said uh, he didn't call out the names, but he's like there was a, a point where. Um, we, you know what I mean? We had an open yeah. shot and uh, we gave it up for a different opportunity. Uh, and then on top of that, the next question asked uh, when Doc Rivers, the head coach, came in for a press conference was uh, literally, I don't even know like so what goes through these journalists' head. Thank God I'm never going to be one. I don't want to be a journalist. Um, is that uh, he said, do you, like, right after this, one of your most expensive players, like, do you think the Philadelphia 76ers can ever win and be a contended team with Ben Simmons as their point guard? And uh, Doc Rivers sat there, he looked there for five seconds, and he said, you know, I honestly do not know the answer to that. And uh, obviously, there's a lot of emotion coming off of losing a game six like that. You know, how are you supposed to answer that question right away? 
Uh, and then step forward a couple months, a couple weeks later, that's just Ben Simmons and his offseason moving forward. The Olympics are coming up, and Ben Simmons is a huge, huge Australian basketball phenomenon, really. One of the best players to ever come out of that country. And we all saw how the uh, Australian basketball men's team did without him. They still beat the States. They placed third uh, with a bronze, I believe. However, it was very apparent right away that he stated he was not going to go and play for the Olympics and he wanted to stay calm and work on his game. And to be honest with you, I thought we weren't even going to see any social media from Ben Simmons this summer. And uh, it's kind of been the opposite. We've actually seen him. Obviously, we always see him in the gym making threes in the offseason. He's been working on his game with a couple guys like Rajon Rondo and a couple right. other uh, vets. I think they're trying to work on his confidence uh, regardless. I'm glad that he and I would too, right? The, the Olympics is another world platform to get judged on. You know what I mean? You're going from a huge scale in the NBA where you're known and being the first overall pick uh, to your home country. And if you were not to perform again, you know, how much does that do for your confidence? How much does that do for your stock? I'm sure he was thinking of the same thing, you know, like if I go play, play worse, my draft stock, well, no, maybe, you know what I mean? That's a little bit of a deep thought. I'm not sure if he was ahead of his times. I'm sure he was just thinking about himself and his recovery. Uh, so then we step forward to lately. And then that's when he's uh, officially kind of just said, like, I'm not doing it. Like, you have to trade me. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to step foot into a, a Philadelphia 76ers uniform again. And uh, getting, getting closer to the season, you know, as a hockey player and you yourself and as me and myself as a, just a basketball enthusiast, you know that that brings down your value. You can't bring in a player closer and closer to the season, expect that to help your team, uh, especially with the team getting Ben Simmons, right? And uh, we all know that the Philadelphia Sixers GM for the longest time and maybe still hold Ben Simmons at, you know, we'll say a, a Shaquille O'Neal type number of uh, trade aspect in his prime, which Ben Simmons is not. And actually... Uh, this morning, Stephen A. Smith literally said uh, Ben Simmons is the equivalent of a, like a younger Draymond Green. And I don't know if I sent that to you, but he just said that. It, it was it, I'm not sure if that's a shot to Ben Simmons. If I was Ben Simmons being compared to Draymond Green with little to no offensive ability and you being one of the most creative point-making passer play point guard rather in one of today's games without a shot, I think they just – you know that's the media so that's that was um i think it's a backhanded compliment it is because uh, draymond green has won championships and he's a smart defender one of the best defenders which ben simmons is as well very smart but you know how many times do you see you know uh, draymond green take the most clutch shot in the game or even you know finish the the ball in his hands in the fourth quarter uh so you know coming closer and closer to the season and uh we're losing we're losing draft stock on ben simmons which is decently good i guess considering he's strong put you know for other teams yeah. and not coming back to philadelphia so uh like i'm not even going to mention some of the teams because there's a bunch of teams that could potentially be in a mix it's uh it's more a matter of what we'll see in return for ben at this point and uh, i'm excited just to see that hey happen when he wakes up or sorry when i wake up and see that on my feed uh i expect it to be a loss for the 76ers regardless yeah, it, it looks like like the top three teams I've been seeing were the Trailblazers, the Kings, and the Warriors. Uh, I think the Warriors have been ruled out. And they were also fine, or their owner was fined uh, $50,000 for breaking the tampering rules. Apparently, he was speaking, you know, he, he broke um, he broke the rules about signing players who are under contract with another team. And Adrian Wojnarowski also reported that Simmons is fully aware of the sanctions and suspensions and loss of salary that could be put on him, but he's willing to go through that to get out. Yes. So, you know, this guy is willing to give up. What's he making? Like $33 million a year, maybe more than that. He's making enough, you know what I mean? Like at this yeah. point, off, he has his own 
sponsors, shoe line. Sorry, something I thought I heard something. Uh, it's Ben Simmons. He has a yeah. bunch of other deals and ways he makes money. Uh, you know, NBA obviously being a huge way of that. You know, they can't, yeah, they crazy. can't, yeah, they can't take away everything. I'm, I'm sure he has ways that he'll be able to uh, stay legally safe in this. I hope because uh, it, it's not fair. Like. I mean, obviously, it's like, oh, he's on, like, he has, he has, you're signed the contract. You got to finish out your contract. Well, you know, you got to blame Philadelphia at this point for treating him the way he has, fans and staff included. I'm getting massive James Harden vibes from it. Like, not wanting to play there and doing everything you can to push your way out. Like, this might be a little Let's more see. extreme. You know, you know what I mean? We'll have to see. And, like, and did, did, uh, uh, who tried to do it the year before Harden? Um, was it Irving tried to almost do the same thing? Like he was, yeah, and then he just didn't show yeah. up for like seven games. Nobody knew where he was. Yeah. It, it's crazy. Kyrie, how... Kyrie had a, he's, he's, he's been very notorious. Like he's very notorious for self empowerment and players just almost like the Dennis Rodman effect. Like just yeah. taking time off, not even telling anyone, not that that's a, any, you know, you try to fight for that to be okay. But you know, when you're a professional athlete, it's like, you have to understand like clearly that you're a role model and, uh, you're going to get asked these questions. And I know, you know, it's in, it, when you sign a deal in, that, in the NBA and professional sports, like you're signing a deal to be able to have to answer those questions to the media. I'm pretty sure. So mm-hmm. uh, we touched on the Warriors there. So let's, uh, let, let's transition into the Warriors. Andrew Wiggins, you sent me this update that the Warriors are concerned that his availability about his availability going into the season uh, because of COVID-19 restrictions, he's not vaccinated and said he won't get vaccinated unless he is forced to. So, Let's start with this. What do the Warriors look like without him? Because I don't really see him as a game changer for them, but he's definitely a depth piece that they. He, uh, Ben, or sorry, Andrew Wiggins was about to be a huge part of the core of the uh, Golden State Warriors, especially coming back. This is this is not. I mean, barring another injury, excuse me, this is not ideal for the uh, Golden State Warriors because uh, more importantly, obviously, when you mentioned trades. Uh, Andrew Wiggins was usually one of the uh, the hanger pieces that you would hang on those trades to get more value into it and add in draft picks. However, obviously you can't have any value if you're not going to be able to play without being vaccinated. And then even that, just as a as an NBA fan, I've been seeing a lot of like core predictions made around the team, and that it always included Wiggins. And Wiggins was always improving, and he was about to have a breakout season. And the Warriors teammates they always talk highly of him, Thompson, uh, Curry even Steve Kerr, the head coach. So I, I, I mean, I, I, I don't want to state too much personal opinion, but I'm flabbergasted really that um, this is Andrew Wiggins like standpoint, considering yeah. that, uh, you know, you're on, I, I, it, and that's it. That's all I'm going to say. Like I was a little, little I'm a caught off guard by that. And um, you know, for the Warriors now you have Clay Thompson coming back. You have two first round picks, almost two lottery picks that you're trying to filter into your lineup. Huge, big man. Uh, you, you lose a solidarity piece. Andrew Wiggins is one of the top 20 defenders in the league with very, 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 very consistent shooting slits, uh, splits rather. And, um, you know, to uh, hopefully, you know, not say, okay, no, not the word hopefully, but to not see uh, Andrew Wiggins on this Warriors team to open up the season or whatever, and moving forward this season, uh, it actually will probably have a, a, a negative effect because of the defense and how much the Warriors can get, you know, like isolated off the ball with their their size and youth. However, um, 
like you could also say that oh more time for ball touches and curry and thompson so we'll see because that's you know that's the one thing that bites you in the ass is like the less warriors the more steph curry <laughs> and sometimes that's yeah. you know, all they need to win games but you uh steph curry can't play all the defense and uh, wiggins was uh, uh wiggins and Ubre, who they lost right now uh it's gonna be interesting but they yeah I, that's all i can say the warriors is, is very toss and turn especially because they thought that you would be in the mix for uh, a simmons but uh that would be interesting now you know what i mean yeah i just uh, we always seem to have a story come out about wiggins every six to eight months he just can't seem to get out of his own way sometimes with not being able to you know break through to that next level even if, if yeah you know that's that's the narrative around around him uh yeah. being uh so close but not so close at the same yeah. time yeah that's it it's a shame really uh let's uh what are we gonna touch on next let's go to we got a couple of let's talk about jj reddick and you know he retired and then we'll get yeah i'm a big fan of jj reddick yeah go ahead so what's jj reddick what was his career like tell us about him a little bit here yeah uh if you if you don't already obviously i'm promoting his podcast he has a great podcast because it's a experienced nba player talking with more experienced nba players and staff and ex uh ex executives rather and uh he, he he's been recently getting into that in the last year and he's been trying to filter his his uh his career path past basketball rather and he's been mentioning that and i follow him and i like him a lot mm -hmm. and he's uh he's jj reddick and if you know basketball that uh he's very role play he's gonna sit in the corner he's gonna make all the threes in the world uh with with minimum 45 4500 attempts he has the third all-time highest shooting percentage uh behind steph curry and another girl another person at 41 percent. i think it's 41.2 percent. so that's like incredible obviously all time he led uh all time and uh ncaa uh three point percentages and points made i believe he broke like all of the three point uh records at duke when he was there uh coming into the nba he was a part of the lob city clippers with deandre yeah. jordan and chris paul shooting on the sideline uh, as of recent he tried to play with uh, zion and brandon ingram his most last team was they tried to move him in with the luka luka Doncic and the mavericks um however you know he's he, i remember as uh two years ago now so the start of last season i was watching his podcast and uh van gundy i don't know if it's jeff or stan but the coach of the clippers a uh, coach of the pelicans when they just got announced it was uh the coach that was the same coach of uh, reddick in his rookie season with the orlando magic or something like that and uh he he was quick to say how bad of a time and how unexcited he was to go back to the same coach uh traded the next year you could see how much it probably affected his love for the game and that can go that's a huge story we can talk about is coaches affecting you know perseverance for a player and their love for the sport oh it's massive uh, you can see that so 15 years for jj reddick is uh is uh a staple in the league for a lot of players who uh work on their jump shot and and, and small players who never thought that they could make it in the nba uh, have a lot of confidence and stuff to take away from JJ Redick. And, uh, I'm glad that he's not just disappearing right now and he's staying in the analytic and podcast world that we'll be able to hopefully see his face. And that, as soon as this happened, knowing me and I just looked at him and his age and like, he doesn't have to move too much to be effective. This could be one of those situations where at the trade deadline or next season, like he's unretiring and coming to play for the Brooklyn Nets or he's yeah. coming to play for the Lakers. I, I honestly think 
sometimes retiring is just getting you out of that contract where you come back for an excuse later, uh, which this is a, one of those situations where it could happen, but that's a, an optimistic fan. So yeah. thank you, JJ Redick. You, 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 uh, you made the art of shooting the basketball look great before Steph Curry did. And, uh, you consistently, uh, you know, showed out for, uh, all your fans, I guess, you know, I wish you the best in your journeys after basketball. All right, I think that's everything we got for you today. Uh, where can we find us online? You can find us at uh, Orient Sports. Please find us on Instagram, Instagram Twitter, YouTube, 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 Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Orion Sportscast. We're uh, we're doubling we're, down this year. We're everywhere. We're all over the place. We got three other shows we're going, so check those out. And uh, thanks for listening. Have a good day, everybody.